It's time for Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates on 95.3 KGY. A weekly look at high school football in the area with your hosts, Noel Wall and Olympian prep contributor, Dave Weber. Well, good morning and welcome to Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates. This is your weekly high school roundup show. Live conversation about the teams and the games in our area, episode uh, three of season five. I'm your host, Noel Wall, along with prep reporter Dave Weber. Good morning, Dave. How you doing? Pretty good. Got to see another exciting game this week, so football season's going well. Oh, and we are looking forward to hearing more about that. You're talking about uh, going to see Rainier and the Mountaineers with an unexpected victory. And uh, we've got your interview with Coach Terry Shaw coming up later in the show. The show will be available per podcast on the Red Zone Talk page of the KGY website. That is the plan, anyway, kgyfm.com. And uh, let's see, you can also enter to uh, your soon-to-be new driver to win free driver's education from our friends at 911 Driving School. Uh, week two had some surprises. We'll review all the team's performances. We'll look at tonight's foes, maybe some speculation on some outcomes, and uh, we're going to Talk about Rainier later, so let's start with 1A, the Evergreen League, and the Tenino Beavers lost to Kingsway Christian. I didn't expect that. Yeah, that was a little bit unexpected, 35-12. to 12. Um, Beavers didn't get on the board till the fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, Kingsway moved the ball really well, and Tenino's been playing with kind of a patchwork lineup. They've had six starters with injuries, um, and they have had a couple of more key players go down against the Knights. Uh, one good thing that's come about in talking to Coach Kerry Nagel uh, Ryan Dioski, who started the season wearing number 59 and playing linebacker. He's now in a running back, and uh, Coach Nagel says he's doing a really good job. All right, so he's changed numbers. Changed numbers. Got to run something. Got to be in a 40 or something like that. So, right, and uh, they are going to uh, visit Castle Rock uh, and also a, a team with no wins yet. That's true. Castle Rock's played some teams that are uh, pretty sturdy, though. Oakleham's another 1A team, but they're one of the better ones, and then they played a much larger 2A Mark Morris team. Um, these two teams didn't play last week or last year, so we'll see how Tonino does against the team out of the 1A Trico. All right. Moving to 2A, uh, River Ridge Hawks. Um, they avenged that week one one-point loss to WF West. They had a strong outing against Mount Tahoma, won that one 41-13. They did, and it was uh, in large part due to a 2A senior starter, Kieran, Kieran Humpkin. He was a force on both sides of the ball. Uh, at running back, he rushed for 90 yards, scored three touchdowns, and also had two interceptions on defense. And they have another uh, senior running back in Brian Malloy, who scored a rushing touchdown, and he also uh, had a fumble recovery. So some good stuff there, and, and that doesn't even account for their up-and-comers and their quarterback, uh, Javon Brown, and their speedy receiver, Dante Owens. So a lot of different weapons for Ridge. Well, that's good. Uh, they are going to have their uh, work cut out, I think, tonight. Uh, Stillicum is on the schedule, and Stillicum uh, has won both of their games so far. They have won both their games. They're also ranked sixth in the state in 2A. Uh, another team with a potent offense, so could be a high-scoring game. Sentinels won the uh, 2A SPSL last year, last year, and they opened the league play last week with a 44-14 route of Ording. Um, last year, they both played again uh, on opening night, and Stillicum picked out a 12-6 win over Riverridge, so... Not a high-scoring game last year, but the way both offenses are playing this year, it could be this time around. Could be an exciting game tonight. Uh, don't forget, later in the show, Dave talks with Rainier coach Terry Shaw right here on Red Zone Talk. The Mountaineers did have a big win 
First, it's time for timeout. We'll be right back after this on 95.3 Olympia's KGY. Jingle bells, jingle bells, Thanksgiving's on its way. Every day's a real good day to buy or sell a car. Hi, I'm Bert at BMC Northwest Auto on Martin Way. Hey, I don't sing very well, but if you see me, you'll save big on your next quality car. Remember, everybody drives a used car. Ours just cost a lot less. BNCNorthwestAuto.com on Martin Way and Olympia. We buy, sell, trade, consign for free, and finance everybody. Sports fans, Spin Tees Screen Print and Graphics in Olympia and Tacoma gives you the very best printing and embroidery. Perfect for teams, schools, companies, or special events. Get excellent quality, custom design, quick turnaround, and low pricing. Count on Spin Tees for quality brands like Port Authority, Sport Tech, and District Threads. Easy ordering and results you'll love. 2008 Harrison in Olympia. Online at SpinTeesPrints.com. Friend Spin Tees on Facebook. Hey, welcome back to Red Zone Talk. I'm Noel here with uh, Dave on KGY and talking about all the high school football programs uh, in the area. Uh, we are going to skip to 3A for the time being, the South Sound Conference, and talk about Yelm. Yelm played a good game and lost a fairly close one to a very strong Tumwater team. They did, and it was kind of a good news, bad news game for the Tornadoes. They led into the fourth quarter. The Birds came back. They then had another chance to win. They drove down. Had a, not a win, but a tying field goal that was blocked. So um, that was the good news, bad news. They grabbed a 14-10 to 10 lead, a couple of touchdown passes in the third quarter. And the bad news there was after senior quarterback Kyle Robinson threw a 65-yard TD to Cody Griff, Gifford, he got hurt. But the good news was that junior Ben Hoffman came in off the bench, and he threw a 30-yard touchdown pass to Austin also that put Yelm ahead until uh, the uh, T-Birds roared back. And we'll talk about that when we get to the T-Birds. So, um, you know, combining that that depth of uh, bringing in another quarterback and still doing well, uh, the mu- much better effort they turned in against Tumwater than did uh, SSC champion Timberline the week before. Tornadoes are a legitimate contender in that league for the title, I would think. I think so. There's an opportunity to improve on last year's 6-4 and four season, I think, even though they're 1-1 one and one right now. Doesn't necessarily get any easier tonight. They're visiting Central Kitsap, uh, a team that's 2-0. and oh. That's right. They're going up to Central Kitsap, uh, which has beaten Olympic and Lakes. Um, but a year ago, uh, down in Yelm, um, the Tornadoes beat the Cougars 35-28. So that was a close battle there. Yelm finished 5-2 and two in league last year. They seem to be up on the upswing to me, so... I think they'll have a chance going up there on the road. All right. We'll look forward to that. Meanwhile, North Thurston, uh, with a win over Port Angeles, has already equaled last year's winning record, uh, two and eight. So uh, just two games in, they got to feel good about that 21-7 win over Port Angeles. Very definitely. I mean, they went up on the road um, after beating West Seattle uh, pretty handily. They beat the Rough Riders at their place, 21-7. So things are going well for the Rams. Seeing junior running back Jace Marcotte, who was in his first year starting, he ran for 133 yards on 19 carries. He's got 281 yards already for the season and a hefty 8.8 yards per carry. Another running back, senior Eduardo Martinez, he had a big game at Port Angeles, 114 yards, two rushing touchdowns on 19 carries. So, And uh, they also think that their sophomore quarterback is really good. So they've got the ground game going, and um, perhaps that passing game's just a work in progress. But... Uh, They've done extremely well so far. 
All right. And uh, yeah, maybe a little turnaround going for North Thurston. By now, they are either 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh because they played Peninsula on Thursday. We record the show live on Thursday morning, so we don't know what happened yet. Uh, moving on, Capital Cougars. Uh, they have done very well. They handed a loss to WF West. I'm not sure. I think the Bearcats expected that. Yeah, I'm not sure who who expected what because as we talked about last week, both those teams won their openers that people didn't think they were going to win. So they, these were two teams that came in on a high. Um, WF West is good, but the Cougars have a really good balance of experience and some uh, guys stepping into new positions. They actually that victory, which was 29 to nine over WF West, the 300th win in program history for the Cougars. Going wow, back, I didn't know yeah, that. Going back to 1975. Uh, I'm sure Coach Terry Rose is more concerned with the fact that he's 2-0, but uh, <laughs> but it did go way back to then. They, you know, they've won a couple of state titles back in the 90s, so um, a storied program that hasn't been doing extremely well lately, but maybe they're back to it. Uh, in that game, running back Clayton Grady um, carried 18 times for 177 yards and a touchdown, um, and that's a guy that the week before it was more about Grant Erickson, Chris Penner, but here comes Clayton Grady and Eric Jackson, who – Last year was the workhorse back and filled that same role against Lakes. He was more of a blocking back against the Bearcats, but he scored a touchdown. And Grant Erickson did throw two touchdown passes, both to Carson Collard. Uh, Chris Penner was kind of uh, defended out by the Bearcats. They focused on him. But he did kick all three of his extra point attempts, so always a factor with Penner. All right. And that was that was a big game. That was a big game tonight. Uh, they are headed to Shelton. We'll talk about that matchup in just a minute. But first, let's talk about Shelton's uh game last week they lost to a very strong Montesano Bulldog team by a big score 51 to 6. Yeah Sheldon definitely you know they are they acknowledge they're in a major rebuilding program they're trying to build it from the ground up from the youth programs all the way up through varsity um that's a big project it is a big project and they are uh you know they've got some small kids playing for them to be honest I mean they're not they're not a big hefty team and they go down to Montesano that we talked about last week has been in 12 straight state tournaments at the 1a level they're ranked number two this year at 1A. And they took a 51-6 to defeat. Um, they were down 31-0, and a kid that's done extremely well for them in the first two weeks, sophomore running back Josiah Olells. He uh, bursted free for a 63-yard touchdown. He fell just short of the 100-yard mark on the night. He totaled uh, 96 yards on nine carries. So, you know, that's a that's a positive. you got a sophomore running back who's doing well. Um, they have some other players we talked about in the preseason show who are expected to develop, but... Uh, you know, a long process for them, and uh, the kids aren't quitting. The coach isn't quitting. They're they're fired up about building it over the long haul, and we'll see where it goes. That's what it takes to build it over the long haul. It Tonight, uh, another another kind of a big test. They host Capital Cougars. It does. It is a big test, a SSC opener for both teams. And, uh, you know, Terry Rose's team, we just talked about Capital. They're going to come in there, um, you know, wanting to take their early success on into the league. Um you know, and one of the things that, uh, the, you know, both teams have new coaches, but the thing the high climbers don't have is a huge senior class like Capital does. 21 out of the 22 starters when they began the season were seniors. Not all of them were returning starters, but they're all seniors. They've been in the program. They played the tackle football at the high school level. They for, put on an extra couple of yeah, pounds. Put on an extra couple of pounds. So Grown another uh, inch. Yep. So it's a, it's, a, it's a deal where Capital would be the favorite in that game. But, um, again... You know, Sheldon's going to um, stick the course and um, gain what they can from the from the game and move forward. All right, and uh, that is where the Red Zone Talk tailgaters are headed uh, tonight. They'll be there before the game, so stop by, say hello on your way into the stadium. 
play our toss game. And if you want, enter to win free driver's ed. That will be available there. Timberline uh, beat Bonnie Lake by seven. Uh, they're now one and one. Yeah, Timberline, you know, we talked about their loss to Tom Water, and I kind of compared how, how much better Yelm did. But on the other hand, one thing about that game was they, they opened with four turnovers in the first quarter. And guarantee, you know. How do you come back from yeah, that? You can't come back from that. Granted, it's their fault that they had four turnovers. But if you can take care of the ball a little bit better, that changes things vastly. So they went up to Bonnie Lake, and they got that one 28-21. Second year in a row, they beat Bonnie Lake. Um, Hunter Campow, their senior quarterback, kind of paved the way at three rushing touchdowns. Uh, his final score in the third quarter was the difference in the victory. Um, they held uh, held on. Bonnie Lake scored 13 points in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't uh, wasn't enough to catch all the way back up. So the Blazers are one and one. Hopefully, they've turned a corner and uh, will be back to their old selves when they open South Sound Conference play tonight. Yeah, uh, and tonight they meet one and one Gig Harbor. Not going to be a pushover. No, they won't. They uh, Gig Harbor lost to Curtis last week, thirty-three to twenty-one. Um, last week, last season, the Blazers played the Tides in mid-October later in the season, but they did win that twenty-seven to ten. So, um, you know, they're at home. They're playing the Tides at home. Um, no reason to think they can't be successful. All right. Next, we're going to hear Dave's interview with Rainier Mountaineers coach Terry Shaw. They had a big victory last Friday night. So don't go away. We'll be right back on 95.3 Olympia's KGY. It fell off the roof of my car. It fell out of my backpack. Oh, it fell off my grocery cart. I tossed it to a really clumsy friend. I tripped while chugging. My two-year-old had a temper tantrum. It bounced down two flights of stairs. No matter how you broke your smartphone, there's only one smart way to fix it. Batteries plus bulbs. I dropped it on the floor, and he stepped on it. Schedule your repair at BatteriesPlus.com. The Woodshed Furniture on Markaway and Lacey is the source for quality home furnishings. Pieces that will stay in the family for generations. If it's been a while, you owe it to yourself to see what's new in the Amish furniture or bedroom gallery. Lie down on the Serta or Simmons mattress. Check out the Woodshed's wide selection of recliners, power recliners, and reclining sofas. You'll find quality in every corner of the store. 12 months, same as cash, industry financing OAC. 6127 Martin Way, The Woodshed in Lacey. Driver's education is a big step. Independence, mobility, responsibility. Get your student off to a safe start with 911 Driving School, the only school taught exclusively by highly trained police instructors. Results are clear. Trained drivers have fewer violations, suspensions, and collisions. 911 administers all DOL written and drive tests. Classes are forming now for start dates this month, next month, and throughout the summer. In Tumwater, Lacey, and Yelm. Learn more and enroll today at 911drivingschool.com. And welcome back once again to Red Zone Talk, Olympia's KGY. I'm Noel Wall along with uh, Dave Weber. And uh, right now we are going to talk about the Rainier Mountaineers who remain unbeaten. They had a surprise victory over Toledo 12-7 last week. They did have a surprise victory, not only in the fact that they were not favored going in, but they didn't uh, play extremely well in that game. They lost two fumbles. They threw two interceptions. They were driving, and then they had a kind of an unusual penalty you don't see very often ineligible receiver downfield wiped out that drive another time they went to punt and uh you know zach lofgren is a great player but he caught the snap and his knee touched before he could punt it so they lost 12 yards on the attempted punt everything was going wrong they were down seven to nothing at halftime 
Then the third quarter, Brody Klein, who had a tremendous night, he ran for a touchdown to make it 7-6. to six. And then they got the ball back with about three minutes to go and went on an eight-play, 74-yard drive. And Cole Ricey scored a six-yard touchdown with six seconds to go. Right down to the wire. Right down to the wire. And uh, another gutty win. We talked about Tonino having injuries. So did Rainier. They had to do the same thing. They took number 30 off fullback Ted Lester after he'd already carried three times, slapped number 60 on him, and put him on the offensive line for the first time in his life. <laughs> and they still got the win, and that win vaulted them from 10th to number 5 in this week's Associated Press Bowl. And you had a chance to talk to Coach Terry Shaw. I did. Jordan uh, Jordan from the Centralia Chronicle and myself both were talking to him after the game, and first question you're going to hear, Jordan asked it, then I'd take over. Okay, and Terry is uh, responding to that question right here. That's, that's a really good football team that, that we just beat right there. You know, and obviously that this kind of thing can go either way, but, you know, our guys, you know, rose to the occasion and put a 75-yard drive together with two minutes to go running the football. I'm so proud of these guys. Thanks a lot for being here. Hey, Terry, good one. Hey, if you ever won a game, they'll start out with the negative part. Did you ever won a game where you had so many turnovers and penalties? No. So this is like a... This, well, how do you account for it then? Uh, you know what? Uh, you account for it from mentally tough players, you know? I mean, here's the deal. I mean, they, they had some dudes over there, you know, and and, and we, we ask the same thing over there every week. You know, let's just do what we do. We're not going to get fancy. We're going to do what we do. Be a warrior right now. And when we needed it, you know, certain guys stepped up. And there were a couple blocks, you know, on those long runs that were happening. Nobody's going to talk about that. Why don't you talk about who, who were they? Who got a couple well, of those blocks? Uh, number eight, Sean Mahaffey, a freshman kid out there, you know, springing blocks, you know, mm -hmm. on, you know, some kid who's not a freshman. That's a warrior effort. Right. You know, we have a kid, a fullback, who's never played offensive line, playing left tackle tonight. Yeah, changed jersey? Yeah, we changed his jersey at the third quarter. Did somebody get hurt, or what was the deal? Yeah, well, we had two hurt from last week, offensive okay. linemen, and then our freshman kid that started tonight got a concussion in the middle of the game. So, I mean, it, we, we didn't so, have anybody. Who were the guys that got hurt last week? Uh, Jamison Fox and Florenzio Lugo. And it was 70 that got hurt tonight. 70 got hurt tonight. Yeah, that's not working. You know, and just, I mean, the... the and, and the best part for me was 75 yards to go. We got three minutes left, whatever it is, you know, and nobody's hanging their head going, God, how are we going to get there? It was, let's just play this next play. You know, I was standing over there and I was thinking, this is just the exact, I think it was actually 332. It was like, this is the exact amount of time that they need to put it away, score and not have any time left. Exactly. Are you thinking the same thing? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, three minutes is, is, is a good drive for us. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I heard him yelling from the stands, call timeout, coach. I'm like, we don't need timeout. Yeah, we got 20 seconds left. Did you have, would you have one left when the game ended? We, we had one left, and then I called it on the two-point play. That's got to that's be a testimony to your team, too, to be able to come out and score the winning touchdown. Without a timeout, knowing full well that right behind him here, the clock is draining out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I just I, I love these kids. They're warriors. They battle. You know, and like I said, we, we beat a team we weren't supposed to right, beat. Right. All right, very good. Thank Th you. Thanks for being here. Oh, yeah. Try to fun keep game. it interesting for you. Fun game. That sounded like an awful fun game to see that go through like that. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it was a game where you just, you know, we don't really follow Toledo, so sports writers aren't supposed to root, but you're kind of hoping that the team you're covering wins. And, yeah. you know, I was feeling bad for them because they weren't doing very well, and every time they started to, something would come up. But that last drive, it was basically like like he said, they just put it together and said, Hey, we're going to score, and they did everything right that time instead of making a mistake.
Well, they're off on the right path with uh, two victories, and they may have the right uh, contestant tomorrow. They're going to play concrete on Saturday. Yeah, they got to drive all the way up to concrete. It's going to be about a 160-mile trip, which is tough, but the Lions are 0-2, and they've been outscored 96-7 to in their two games. So um, may logically see Rainier come back from that 3-0. All right, the Mountaineers on a roll. We'd like to see that. Hey, we got one more uh, timeout to take before we come back, and we're going to finish up our look at the local teams. We still have 2A Evco. We have 4A. We'll look at Olympia. And did you know that high school sports participation is up for the 29th straight year in spite of people worried about concussion and all that kind of stuff? So I got a little bit about that. That's all coming up next here on Olympia's KGY. The Woodshed Furniture on Martin Way in Lacey is the source for quality home furnishings. Pieces that will stay in the family for generations. If it's been a while, you owe it to yourself to see what's new in the Amish furniture or bedroom gallery. Lie down on the Serta or Simmons mattress. Check out the Woodshed's wide selection of recliners, power recliners, and reclining sofas. You'll find quality in every corner of the store. 12 months, same as cash, industry financing OAC. 6127 Martin Way, The Woodshed in Lacey. When it comes to tough, versatile workhorses, nothing compares to Kubota's full line of RTV Series utility vehicles. Engineered to last and designed to deliver, Kubota's RTV X Series doesn't just lead the way on rugged dependability, it leads the pack. From big jobs to small projects and daily chores. Choose from America's top-selling family of diesel utility vehicles to help you do it all. J&I Power, 3729 Pacific and Olympia, and on Bald Hills Road in Yelm. Get it done, save a ton, J&I. At Rapid Orthopedic Care, they know bone, joint, and muscle injuries are never planned. That's why they offer expert orthopedic care with no appointment needed. Their state-of-the-art orthopedic urgent care in West Olympia and Hawkesbury offer on-site x-ray as well as evening and weekend hours. Best of all, you'll be seen by one of Olympia Orthopedic Associates experts, so you'll know you're getting the best care possible. So whether it's an injury on the field or that nagging pain you've had for weeks, they have you covered. Visit rapidorthopedic.com to learn more. That's rapidorthopedic.com. The ocean waves roll in, hypnotic, continuous, and perched high above rests the oldest family-owned resort on Washington's coast, Ocean Crest Resort. Picturesque, friendly, comfortable. Ocean Crest has served as the perfect ocean hideaway for over 60 years. With unsurpassed ocean views, warm fireplaces, full kitchens, swimming pool, hot tub, and spa, Ocean Crest Resort offers you total and unrivaled relaxation. Frommer's Guide reports you simply won't find a more spectacular setting anywhere on the Washington coast. And Ocean Crest's enchanting restaurant is listed as one of Washington's 13 ultimate restaurants you must visit before you die. See for yourself with our special three for two package. For a limited time, stay two nights and get a third night free. Call 800-684-8439, 800-684-8439, or visit OceanCrestResort.com. Ocean Crest Resort, making memories since 1953. In Moclips, overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Gibson's Custom Meats on Martin Way. Fresh meat and seafood, beef and pork, locker packs, steaks, roasts, chops, bacon, sausage, and more. Chuck Gibson's priorities are customer service, quality product, and outstanding prices. This week, by the pound, boneless ribeye steak is $5.99. Boneless skinless chicken breast, $1.49. Rump roast for $3.19. Boneless pork chops for $1.69. And beef stew meat for $3.49. Monday, only get a five-pound bag of boneless skinless thighs for $5.99. Tuesday, it's beef back ribs for $1.49 a pound. 7912 Martin Way, Gibson's.
And good morning once again. Welcome back. KGY, Noel Erickson, or Noel Wall. That was an old radio name right there. Is that right? From ages ago. <laughs> How did that come in? And uh, Dave I don't, Weber. I don't have any of those. I would know. <laughs> he was your real name. Okay. Yeah. And uh, this is Red Zone Talk, and we're going to continue uh, with our look at local teams. And, and what happened uh, last Friday to teams like the Rochester Warriors, who are now 1-1 one and one after a loss to a fairly strong Elma team, 41-12. to 12. Yeah, that's a team out of their old 1A EFCO that they used to be a member of. They lost that one 41-12, as you mentioned. Uh, Elma apparently was just clicking on all cylinders offensively. 368 yards rushing and over 400 total offense. Um, but there was a few bright spots for the Warriors. Grayson Johnson rushed for 50 yards on 14 carries, and Daniel May threw a touchdown pass to Tristan Johnson. And May also ran a Tatum-Brumfield fumble back, 86 yards for Rochester's first touchdown. Problem was, that was a rare mistake for Brumfield. He finished with 156 yards rushing and four touchdowns for the Eagles. Wow. That's the that's something. So Rochester with an opportunity to uh, go up onto the winning side of the record. They're going to play winless Bremerton. They are, and Bremerton uh, is coming off a 41-6 loss to Wilson. They've been outscored 91-25 to thus far this season. And remember, despite losing big to Elma, the Warriors put up 53 points in their opener against Tenino. So they've got a bit of an offense waiting to break out. And against a team that um, apparently can't stop people very well, uh, they might very well get uh, get well, as they say, in this game and get back to their winning ways. Yeah, well, that would be nice to see. Love to see that all the time. Tumwater T-Birds, they are 2-0. and They held off Yelm in that game that we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, that was a, that was really a, a pretty good game. It was, and I think both teams were, were glad to see that. You know, we talked in the preseason show about Yelm wanting a tough uh, practice schedule, why they scheduled Skyview, who they beat, why they scheduled uh, Tumwater, who they didn't beat. Uh, both very close games against tough teams. Um, and I'm sure Tumwater, you know, which tends to breeze through the EVCO, they're glad that they had a playoff atmosphere type game early on. Um, they had to block a field goal, deflect a field goal, in the final minute to hold on for the win, 17-14. to 14. Um, They got the go-ahead score when junior running back Dylan Payne, who else, scored on a tackle-breaking 34-yard touchdown run on fourth down and two to go. And that put Payne over the 2,000 mark for what's just a 16-game career so far as he finished with 189 yards on 29 carries and both of Tumwater's touchdowns. Uh, the other points for Tumwater, Reed Little kicked a 25-yard field goal and both of the extra points. Yeah, wow. So I got a question for you, Dave. Uh, last week I mentioned that uh, 2A defending state champ Hawkinson had scheduled a game against Archbishop Murphy, uh, so a couple of big powerhouses. And as it turns out, Hawkinson fairly trounced Archbishop Murphy 42-13. to 13. What, if anything, does that mean to Tumwater? means Hawkinson is really good. <laughs> I was I mean, afraid of that. You know, I mean, they, they just are. I mean, last year Archbishop Murphy went down to Tumwater, in the semifinals of state, and then Hawkinson pretty much took it to Tumwater. I mean, Hawkinson is just, they're just in that spot right now. They're, they're kind of the team in 2A. Uh, Tumwater's there. They can beat them if, you know, it comes down to it, if they get that far in the playoffs and they meet Hawkinson. It's not like Tumwater can't beat them, but, you know, sometimes things shift. And you, you for a long time, people feared Archbishop Murphy because every 300-pound kid in the Seattle area was finding yeah. his way up to Everett to go to Archbishop Murphy or what have you. But, um, you know, uh, Tumwater has always had a little bit of speed. Even when Tumwater got blown out by Murphy in uh, Sid Otten's last game at Tumwater District Stadium, yeah. the speed that Tumwater had over Murphy was still there, even though they didn't win the game or come close to winning the game. 
they saw the speed. And I think what's really going to make the difference for Tumwater is uh, if they can get a passing game going. You know, last year they got behind to a passing team, Hawkinson, in the state finals and couldn't come back because they're used to piecing together those long drives. But if they can get a little bit of passing game to go with the Dylan Payne, Dylan Loftus, Zane Murphy, all those running backs they have, um, they can uh, give anybody in the state a tough time. But, yeah, Hawkinson blowing by Murphy is not a – not a sign that Hawkinson is not back to where they were last year, that's for sure. Yeah. So tonight's foe, uh, winless Bellarmine prep. Does Tumwater what what what's what what's waiting in the weeds when you play a team that that you know you don't have to try all that hard for, maybe? Well, that's that's the question. Is the the question is is that a true statement? Bellarmine prep, you know, they're a traditional power, send a lot of guys on to college ball and so forth. They're all in two. Oh, maybe they're down. They opened their season with league games against top 10 in the state teams, Puyallup and Graham Kapowson. Graham so 0-2 doesn't mean you're 0-2. No, they're, they're 0-2 against teams that are two levels above Tumwater and among the best schools in that division. So if Tumwater, you know, Bill Beatty's not going to let that happen. He's not going to take that lightly. Nobody nobody in Tumwater is going to take Bellarmine lightly. Uh, it'll be the first time that any of the current T-Birds have played against Bellarmine. I haven't played them in the last few years anyway. So, uh I don't know how the game will come out, but the fact that Bellarmine's 0-2, when you look at who they played, they might as well be just a complete cipher and you have no idea what they're going to be like because maybe they're 0-2 because they're not as good as they usually are, but maybe they're 0-2 because of who they played. Yeah. And then on another note, um, in the highlights, did I see Cade Otten catch a touchdown pass in college? You may well have. I'm not a... (laughs) I didn't see the Husky. I think I did. Yeah, I I think I did. I remember seeing that. that, That's uh, great. Yeah, great news. Absolutely amazing. He was a you know he was a fantastic receiver at uh, Tumwater for a tight end. You know, big kid like that. They would send him downfield and just drive people nuts. So you know, he always showed that Division One ability. So I hope that's true. I hope he did score this weekend. And moving on to four A, Olympia is one and one. Had a big loss to strong Sumner team. They weren't able to score. And uh, I'm sorry, what did we get? Oh, what did I miss? I missed Black Hills. Yep. <laughs> yes, you did. Let's not forget them. You want to go to them after all, or do you want to talk no, about them right now? No, let's do that right now. Okay. I want to make sure they get their due because they are undefeated. They uh, Wolves went on the road uh, up across the West Seattle Bridge to play Chase Celt at that beautiful stadium at the Southwest Athletic Complex and uh, thumped them 41-13 over Chief Celt. And I watched a little bit of the video of that, and the Wolves' offense was um, – really clicking they they converted eight of their nine third down plays taylor simmons carried 18 times for 156 yards that's an eight yards per carry average scored four touchdowns ethan loveless completed 58 percent of his passes for 163 yards and he hit josh rogers for a touchdown Jaden toussaint rushed for the wolves other scores so they were they were clicking up there at chi self all right and uh, but still a, a big uh, score and that's great they're now two and oh and they're going to visit a 2-0 and team in Prairie. They are, and that will be at Battleground Stadium. I don't know that much about that league, but looking at the schedule, it did say that it says it's at Battleground. So anyone who's going down to that, be aware of that. Um, Prairie beat Park Rose from, out of Portland and Washougal, and those are two kind of run-of-the-mill teams, so we'll see what that means as far as moving on to play Black Hills. Actually, I shouldn't say Washougal's run-of-the-mill. They were in the playoffs last year, but... You know, not among the top squads. Um, last year, the Falcons were 3-6, and six, and Black Hills did beat them 25-22, but that was up here in Tumwater. Uh, so we'll see what happens when they go down to uh, the Vancouver area at Battleground to meet Prairie. 
All right. Thank you for uh, keeping me in line in my uh, skip the line. Skip the line on my outline. More Taylor Simmons' big night to go on mention. I know. Yes, you never do want that. No. So uh, now, time for the Bears. Olympia is one and one with that loss to Sumner, and you know, not able to score there at Sunset Stadium. Um, you know, what does that tell us, though? Well, it tells us that the Spartans, who are number six in the state in four A, are pretty good. They, but they, there are other good teams in, right here, aren't they? There are, too? A lot, there are a lot of good teams, but, you know, they used to have a phrase back in the olden days when uh, the top college teams could recruit a 1,000 guys and clobber everybody, undefeated, untied, and unscored upon. That is Sumner right now. They're 2-0. They've outscored their opponents 94 to nothing. Yikes. So the Bears just kind of walked into a buzzsaw by the name of Aaron Grundall. He's their quarterback, and he's got a uh, just a plethora of receivers to throw for. Like that word plethora, but yeah, a whole bunch of them anyway, <laughs> and they got a couple good running backs as well. So I mean, you know, obviously you didn't do well when you lost forty-five to nothing, but the uh, the team they played is really really good. That that league is 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 a real tough one right now with uh, the other two teams I mentioned earlier: Piala, Grand Pathousand, yeah, Sumner. I mean, Olympia has competed well in that league in the past, but you know maybe this is a year they they only have one senior starter. They're down a little bit in that game. Um, Garrett Ayal and Tyler Woods, two running backs, were uh, injured. We'll see how serious those were. But So the Bears totaled less than 100 yards in total offense in that game. However, flip it around, they did beat Emerald Ridge handily on opening night. So um, sometimes there's just that level you reach where you just can't get over the top of uh, some of the very top teams, but you can beat other people. So yeah. um, that win against Emerald Ridge on opening night shows that Ole can win some games this year. Well, can they get beyond 5-5? Five and five? We'll find out uh, a little bit about that tonight. They uh, host 1-1 one and one Rodgers. They do, and Rodgers, um, you know, got a shutout victory of its own, 42 to nothing over South Kitsap. However, last season, uh, the Bears went up to Pialop and beat Rodgers 28-14. So winnable game for the Bears. We'll see... Uh, how serious their injury problems are and how much their uh, junior-dominated lineup has matured over these first two games when they host the uh, Rodgers um, tonight. Yeah. Well, there we've done it. Covered a dozen local programs. Give you a little insight into the background. What's your appetite for high school football? There are 157 games in the state tonight. There's 14 more tomorrow. And uh, as I said earlier, participation is up apparently for the 29th straight year. Uh, word out of Indianapolis, Indiana, an annual high school athletics participation survey that was conducted by the National Federation of High School Associations with reporting from 51 high school associations, which includes the District of Columbia, has found continued growth in high school sports participation for the 29th straight year. And this is despite, you know, things like the concussion and all of that kind of stuff that parents are legitimately worried about. The number of participations, participants in high school sports uh, last season reached an all-time high record of 7.98 million student-athletes. The number of girls is up to an all-time high of 3.4 million. Boys' participation at over 4.5. Among the boys' sports, soccer registered the largest gain. For girls, it was the relatively new competitive spirit that had the largest increase for the second consecutive year although it's still a fairly small sport. With over a million participants at 14,000 schools, 11-player football remains the number one sport for boys in high school, despite shrinking by about 2% last year. Now, to put that in perspective, shrinking by 2% is 1.4 football players fewer per school. 
So that's not a lot. After football, track and field, basketball, baseball, soccer, uh, are, uh, let's see, uh, wrestling, cross country, tennis, golf, swimming. That's the order of popularity for boys. Track and field continues to lead the way for girls, followed by volleyball, basketball, soccer, fast pitch, cross country, tennis, swimming, competitive spirit, and lacrosse. Amazingly, this year's survey indicated participation by high school students in 65 different sports, as well as 13 adapted sports for students with disabilities. Some of the more popular non-traditional sports include badminton, archery, and fencing, along with a couple of relative newcomers, bass fishing, and my hippie favorite, ultimate frisbee. The point? There's lots of sports to participate in to become passionate about, to become engaged with, encourage your student to consider becoming an athlete in one of them. Congratulations to the Seattle Storm. Beat the Washington Mystics 98-82. to It's their third WNBA championship. That's pretty cool. It is, and you got Sue Bird there for every single one of them. I remember my daughter was in the third or fourth grade. We would go to the Storm game, and she'd go ask Sue Bird for her autograph, and she was like, you know, a little tiny kid. Now she's taller than Sue Bird. But, you know, it's like Sue Bird. I mean, you, there's a lot of great players on that team. Brianna Stewart. Yes. And Joel Lloyd, all those people. But, um, you know, just Sue Bird, it just stands out to me as like there's never not been Sue Bird. on. I'm seems not sure. that, it seems that way. I'm not sure that's true. She may have missed the first couple seasons. But the bulk of the time that there's been the Seattle Storm, Sue Bird has been the linchpin. And it's great to see her get another title. And it may be time to go see a Seattle Storm game. Uh, the women's game. From having uh, called play-by-play and from having coached, uh, coaching in soccer, play-by-play in basketball, women play the game differently than men do. It's more of a finesse game, and it's very exciting to watch. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm really biased. My daughter played all the way up through going over to Germany and playing a little bit of pro ball. So for the longest time, um, you know, I would change from being like, oh, the NBA is so awesome. I'd be like, oh, whack conference women's basketball. That's where it's at. So yeah. You kind of get an appreciation for the way the women play that's totally different than your appreciation for the men. Now, I'm not one of these people that says, oh, the guys just stand around and dunk because it's not easy to dunk. You know, I mean, it's the things the men do are awesome, but it's a different game, and the women do some things that are awesome in a different way. So, you know, I can watch either of them all day long. Exactly right. Exactly right. College ball. Cougars beat San Jose State. They play Eastern Washington. They're getting tuned up. Are they going to be ready? Let's hope so. I was teasing one of my friends. He said, oh, we slaughtered San Jose, a terrible, he said, we slaughtered a terrible San Jose State team. And I said, well, if they're terrible, you should have beat them by more than 30. (laughs) There you go. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that should be a win for the Cougars over Eastern. Huskies moved to one and one with the win over North Dakota. They're at Utah. That should be, you know, that should go the Huskies way, I would think. Okay, there we go. And uh, Hawks. Uh, I'm sure many of us saw them lose to Denver to open the season. They have the Bears on Monday night football. Uh, how how tough is that going to be? I think it's going to be pretty tough. I mean, not to not that the Seahawks can't do some damage, but, you know, the Bears were good, and they pretty much just stole the, one of the best defensive players in football away from the team I cheer for, the Oakland Raiders. They took Khalil Mack off them for oh, right. almost nothing. So uh, I got to believe Chicago is going to come out ahead in that one. All right, that's Monday night. You can hear it on our sister station, 96.9 KAYO, carrying the Seahawks all season long. Tonight, I already said there's 157 high school games, about a 30% chance of game time showers. So wear a jacket when you go out to cheer. Thanks for joining us this week. Find the podcast on KGYFM.com. Select on air from the drop down menu. Click Red Zone Talk. You'll find us. Email us. 
Let us know what you'd like to hear about, and mostly just join us next Friday on Red Zone Talk. This is 95.3 Olympia's KGY.